Welcome back, everyone. It's the Sports Buds Playoff Edition. It's Championship Weekend. We're here. We made it. We just talked about it. We only got a few more of these shows left. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing? Nick Kerr, we'll start with you. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Uh, excited for this championship weekend. Had another... Scores weren't as close for the, the last round, but it was a good weekend of football. We talked excited about it. This next one. There's always a, a letdown weekend. Mm-hmm. I think we just witnessed that letdown weekend. Knock on wood. Tony, how are you doing? You've had a few days to reflect, um, you know, be at peace with life again. How How's things going? <laughs> you know, I'm alive. I survived. I've done some meditation, you know, just just trying to reflect on, on, on everything in life. You know, I'm so blessed. So I blessed. I hope Jerry <laughs> so Jones is doing that same reflection. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into it. Before we get into the Cowboys and some of the other playoff games, NFL offseason is already started, is in full swing. So let's talk about a few things that are going on in the league right now, news and events. Let's start first with the Panthers. The Panthers hire former QB Frank Reich is their new head coach, the first domino to kind of fall in this coaching I guess merry-go-round as we see it right now. We'll jump into a little more with the Texans and Broncos and Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans. But first, Panthers. I'll start with you, Nick. Good hire by the Panthers. Yeah, I think so. They they needed that change last year. And the the Colts basically did the same thing with Reich. So I think it's a maybe good change of scenery for both. And see what happens. I agree with you there. I definitely think it's a a good change of scenery for both the Panthers and Frank Reich. So Tony, what are your thoughts? Was this a good hire by the Panthers? I think so. I think it was a good hire. I think Colts, I don't think Ursay knows what he wants to do. I know he's in love with Jeff Saturday, but other than that, I I think it was a pretty solid hire. I think Frank Reich knows offense. What do they have, like the seventh pick in the draft? Probably be able to draft a quarterback with a high pick like that. He'll probably rebuild that Panthers team pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They do say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, we'll <laughs> see if that, that happens with the Panthers. Tony, I'm going to stay with you. Was this ultimately a safe hire by the Panthers? With just some of the candidate names out there, it it seems like maybe this was just the safe pick with it also being the first domino that fell. I would say so. And then the fact that I forgot that he took the first snap for them as quarterback and he has that connection with like being a former player. Because like on I I was like, you know what? Steve Wilkes is probably the pick here. I mean, he did a really good job with that team and he's just not going to get any type of love or any type of shine for what he did. I mean, he had them on the brink of playoff contention with a pretty, pretty crappy roster. I mean, I know he's not Brian Dable, but he still did a pretty good job. So I thought maybe that would be the guy. But Frank Reich, that's a pretty solid hire. It is pretty safe, like you did say. All right. Nick, I'll ask you this. Who's going to be Frank Reich's QB next season? (laughs) I don't know. I think they probably do try to draft someone high, and they they did get – a load of picks with that Christian McCaffrey trade. So they could use some and move up for one of these top quarterbacks or they could play it safe and uh, go after someone maybe like Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is also out there. Lamar yeah. Jackson. That's spicy. Keep an eye out on that for the off season episodes. All right. Uh, coaching merry-go-round continues. Nathaniel Hackett, former coach, head coach of the Denver Broncos, my Denver Broncos. It's now the Jets offensive coordinator. Um, This, this, for being an offensive coordinator hire, sent a lot of ripples throughout NFL media. Um, First off, there was hints that a lot of the dysfunction in Broncos country was not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. 
there was a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers now going to the Jets. Essentially, the Jets doing the playbook that the Broncos had last offseason. So a lot has come from this. What are your thoughts on this, Nick, keeping it in your division? I mean, this is a total Jets move. I think they're all in trying to get Aaron Rodgers because they feel that they were a quarterback away from competing because they do have a pretty good defense and they're just missing that quarterback. They have a couple good running backs. They have some young wide receivers. And if Aaron Rodgers goes there, it would give them a legitimate chance to compete in the AFC East. Tony. Don't do this, New York. You're straight <laughs> up setting yourself up to be teased and let down. This guy just watched it happen all last summer with the Broncos. Aaron Rodgers literally is leveraging all of this to get maximum attention. He's going to play for the Packers next year. This is all just know. like, please give me that attention. Please give me that attention. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, hack it, maybe. It, it's, it's happened ever- before. It has it happened it before. Has. I'm I'm with Tony on this. If he didn't make the move last season, why make the move this season? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like it makes no sense. He just um, wants attention. That's all he's doing. Like the only credit I would personally give to Aaron Rodgers if he went to the Raiders. If I it somehow looked at yeah. like, okay, you crafted this whole thing with Devontae going out there first and then you going out there second. Like that's the only credit I will give him, but I think Tony's right. He's going to end up in Green Bay. He's just, it's its attention-seeking behavior, and that's all it is, and the Jets are going to wind up holding an empty bowl at the end of this. Yeah. I also ask you this, why didn't they go after LaFleur? Who? The Jets. They, they fired LaFleur. Oh, that's yeah. right. They fired LaFleur. Yeah, Mike LaFleur was their offensive coordinator they just got rid of. It's yeah. true. Shit. Yeah. So you're just basically it's you're 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 switching chairs on the the mm-hmm. Titanic deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With former Packers coordinators. Yeah. Former yep. Packers quarterbacks too. They're trying. So then we'll jump with Thor. Now he's uh, McVay says he's staying in L.A. Mm-hmm. And Lafleur's joining him as the offensive coordinator. What do you think of that move? I think it could be with all the, the talk of McVeigh maybe retiring, maybe trying to put someone in place to succeed him. Maybe he goes up into the front office. Sort of like in the NBA, uh, that Boston coach that did the same thing became president. Yeah. Brad Stevens. Brad yeah. Stevens, yeah. Um <laughs> Hey, credit to the young guys for making mm-hmm. those moves, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll jump to Denver. Merry-go-round continues. At first, it was reported they were the front runner for Sean Payton. Then it came out that he had an issue with somebody in the ownership group in terms of the Broncos. And then Sean Payton comes out and says that's not true. So there's conspiracy theories out there that he's he's covering his own tracks, his own leak. That's become a shit show, and now reports coming out that D'Amico Ryans is the front runner for the Broncos, but he's also the front runner for the Texans. It'll essentially be a bidding war between the two teams, or whatever his preferred destination is. Tony, thoughts on this situation in Denver? Is, is it a continuation of the dysfunction? Yep, it is. It's not looking good, man. Just, it's... If D'Amico Ryan says, I would rather go to the Texans than you guys, along with Sean Payton being like, I'm just going to go back to TV and I'm not going to take this job. Like it's, it's just an indictment of that whole organization and that franchise at this point where it's like, man, you you can't even like hire top assistants. Top assistants are like spurning that organization. Is it an indictment on the organization or is it an indictment on Russell Wilson? Both, because you guys yeah, it are could fine. be a little bit of both. You can't get rid of them, so like it's both, yeah. and it's like any contract and any type of negotiation you have with any coach has to be for like what eight years, 
Because you have to be like, okay, after the two or three years that you have with Russell Wilson, we're going to give you five years with your quarterback of your choice and your choosing. Like, that's a long contract. Yeah. What type of negotiation is that? So, like, that's why it's not a very attractive job. And that's why you're seeing, like, these people are like, um, I'll go somewhere else where I can go pick my quarterback. I don't know. It's It's just not looking good. I agree with you there. Um, it's looking more and more like that contract is just becoming an albatross yeah. for the Denver Broncos. And we'll see. It looks like we're we're recording on Friday. Decision's not going to happen here in the final few hours of Friday. Um, most likely this is going to come out next week. So we'll have to talk about this further in our Pro Bowl episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll play some dodgeball, you know, some <laughs> some Red Rover, any other hide-and-seek, any other backyard games we can think of. All right. Coaching merry-go-round continues. Vic Fangio is the front runner as the defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? I think that would be a great move, and I think the uh, I've heard – talks that there is something set in place but it's probably like the same issue with uh D'Amico Ryan's their teams are still in the playoffs so they can't officially sign anything and with Fangio as an as a consultant with the Eagles right now I think once that game is settled on Sunday we might start to hear something from one of those guys I think that would be a great hire for the mm-hmm. Dolphins. Um, it's been pretty much said in NFL circles that Fangio's defense is the standard in the NFL right now. Um, and so to actually get yeah. the guy behind that standard yeah. with your team and to pair him with Mike McDaniel, of all yes. people, would be huge, huge. Yeah, I can just imagine those conversations. <laughs> Mike McDaniel going up to him and saying, if I were to do this, how would you adapt? Yeah, and then just go from there. And honestly, think... in terms of coaching personalities, they're the perfect counterbalance mm-hmm. to one another. You have the the young exuberant coach, and then you have just the old grumpy curmudgeon that everybody fucking hates. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think it, uh, yeah, I think it would also be good with uh, McDaniel being. We saw him have some problems as being a first year head coach, especially in that playoff game with getting the play calling in. To have someone like Fangio behind him who's been through it it can only help i mean it, the experience is there the experience is how there, he did in the, the position not so great he's just but... he was not a good head coach but he's he's clearly he set like i said he set the standard for defensive coordinators for defensive defensive just play calling in the league as it stands right now and it was disappointing that the Broncos didn't get to capture that somehow that they, they went all in on him as a head coach. Didn't work out. Like I said, too much of just a grumpy old timer. Um, But I think Broncos, I mean, dolphins. Woof. Today's episode brought to you by Modelo. Um, <laughs> dolphins will be a perfect, perfect fit for Fangio. Um, Just in terms of the coaching staff, you have personnel, you have, Offense, you have, etc. I'd say go all in on that guy. Was he? Was he? If the you're not coach? going to get Tom Brady, that is. <laughs> yes, hopefully not. But was uh, Fangio the the head coach when Chubb was drafted? No, he was not the head coach. That was, I believe, Vance Joseph or um, Kubiak when Chubb okay. was drafted. And so, yeah, it was it was during those transition times, no. But uh, no, like just even reuniting him with Chubb, Chubb's mm-hmm. familiarity with him would be good. So I hope it happens. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, former head coach for them, interviewing with the Vikings defensive coordinator position. Tony, I'm going to start with you on this. What? What's going on here? Did he, I guess, ingratiate himself enough with the league again, being with the Steelers, that he's no longer persona non grata? (laughs) Yes and no. I think that he's probably going to get one of these jobs. 
And I think Steve Wilkes is probably going to add to his lawsuit from what I was reading today, from some of the stuff that happened when he was in Carolina and some of the stuff that happened when he was in Arizona. Um, So that lawsuit's not dead. It's not going away. But I think that it's kind of like a closed network of, of people that can be a defensive coordinator that can get these coaching jobs. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota hired him. I think he did a pretty good job in Pittsburgh as the linebackers coach or whatever. So I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if he got one of these jobs. All right, Nick, any final thoughts on that? That move? Yeah. I mean, I agree with Tony because uh, I could see firsthand that defense, the Miami defense took a step backward after he left. And it resulted in the firing of uh, Josh Boyer. So I think that, too, it could help his case getting a defensive coordinator spot. If not with the Vikings, maybe with someone else. Okay. All right. Um, Let's turn our sights to Indianapolis, where Colts fans are starting to give the, the sense that um, their owner is going to basically continue things with jeff saturday (laughs) um so much so that they have started a petition out in indianapolis to not hire jeff saturday as the head coach tony what are your thoughts on this i honestly think that they're they are leaning towards hiring jeff saturday right now and when i say they i mean jim or say um crazy guy also a report that came out that um he spent an inordinate amount of time in Josh McDaniel's bathroom. That was one of the reasons that Josh McDaniels pulled out of being the head coach in Indianapolis. Um, basically the Josh McDaniel's wife said, that's weird. He's been in our bathroom too long and they pulled out of the deal. So lots of things going on with Jim or say, Tony, give us your thoughts on this. You know what? Jerry Jones might not become the villain of the NFL after all. Seems like Jim Ursay is taking the lead in that front. I sat here and told you guys, no way does Jeff, Jeff Saturday get that job. This is all for show. This is tanking. He was terrible. He went one in like seven as the coach. I fully believe that I was wrong. It is going to be Jeff Saturday as that coach. Yeah. Like both of you guys said. Both of you guys said that it would be Jeff Saturday. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's going to be Jeff Saturday. I cannot believe it's going to be Jeff Saturday, even though like we've seen the type of coach Jeff Saturday is. <laughs> it's going to be Jeff Saturday. Like That's hilarious. But yes, it's going to be him. Ursay doesn't care about anything or anyone else. He wants Jeff Saturday. He's going to hire Jeff Saturday. I wouldn't even, I would disagree with you there. It's not that he necessarily doesn't, you know, not care about anyone else. It's that he cares too much yeah. <laughs> that he's, he's doing this with too much emotion of like, ah, mm-hmm. no, nope, I'm getting my friend in there. I'm getting my yeah. drinking buddy yep. in there. Yep. Um, we're going to make this thing work out. And I need to surround myself with good, honest people. That sounds more like Jerry Jones than Jim Mersey, by the way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, I like, I, I thought at the end of the season, I was like, oh, I was I was way off on Jeff Saturday. Um, Nick, what do you think about this whole situation? I mean, th- that's got to be the only reason why he's keeping around, aside from he was there for a Super Bowl. I, I think someone you could pull, if you're going to go that route, you could pull someone else from that organization and give them a, a shot, like a Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, because they could have a better chance. Because... He, I think he got that first win, and then it was just all downhill from there. Maybe him getting fast downhill, fast, <laughs> yeah, because they didn't win another game, did they? Um, and they like... they they could have been in for that. For the... I I honestly think okay. if it yeah. weren't for Frank Reich, this team would be the number one pick this year. I think yeah. it was Frank Reich that honestly saved the Colts season because they were just bad. They were bad without him. They were bad with him. Mm-hmm. He managed to do some moves that, like, hey, like, I'm going to try to fucking keep this ship afloat. I'm going to do what they're doing out in Carolina of, like, let's keep this going. And, no, he rubbed people the wrong way. But also, lesson learned, never have Carson Wentz. It's your QB. <laughs> It, it'll lead to bad things. 
All right, guys, let's jump into some of the playoff action we saw over the weekend. We're done with the coaching carousel. We'll let that continue to spin. Catch us next week during the Pro Bowl. And that's probably what we're going to do next week is just wrap up this NFL season, talk about some of our predictions preseason, talk about some of the things that we talked about during the season, um, the coaching carousel, etc. We'll just kind of recap all that tie it in a nice little bow so catch us next week for that let's jump back into the playoffs tony you know it was coming how do you fix the cowboys oh man this is gonna be a long one here stay with me (laughs) stay with me this it's it's difficult because I believe the Niners are a better team than the Cowboys. And I'd say if they play 10 times, the Cowboys probably win two or three of those 10 times. This weekend that we just saw was one or two of those three times that they could have beaten the Niners. They had one of the best game plans I've ever seen to stop a Shanahan run scheme. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, 50 under 50 yards total combined rushing. Amazing, amazing game plan for the defense. Everyone else played good. It just so happens, I told you, out of 10 times they played, two out of three of them, the Cowboys would have a chance. The Cowboys play 10 games, two or three of them, Dak Prescott's probably not going to play very well with the situation that he's in. You just had a crossover and a correlation of a bad Dak Prescott game in one of those games in which the defense and everyone else played good. The Niners got better from last year. The Cowboys got worse, but the Cowboys played the Niners better in that playoff game, if that makes sense. It's a pretty difficult question when you get asked how do you fix the Cowboys because it's almost like some Game of Thrones shit that's going on there. The Cowboys punted on this season. They set them up to fail. They got rid of Amari Cooper, and they never replaced him. And they're like, okay, cool. CeeDee Lamb's your number one receiver now, Dak. I don't know what you're going to do if CeeDee Lamb's not open. Good luck to you. That's how that season went. They drafted a wide receiver in the third round. They picked up, I think, James Washington. That's That was their free agent signing for their other wide receiver spot. Michael Gallup tore his ACL in like week 17 last year, so he was coming back off of an ACL tear. So they were like, okay, cool. Sean Payton's available. We're going to set Mike McCarthy up to fail. He's going to get fired. I mean, we can't fire him after last year when he went to the playoffs. We'll go ahead and give them this year. We'll set them up to fail. We're going to bring in Sean Payton. What they didn't plan for, Dan Quinn's a fucking awesome coach. Dan Quinn was like, hey, guess what? You're going to go ahead and sabotage this team? I don't care. Look, at I've got Michael Parsons. I've got all these pass rushers. So Dak Prescott gets hurt after the first game, and for a third of the season, half the season, the Cowboys have, like, the best defense in the league, and they're winning games with fucking Cooper Rush. They're winning games with this defense coming back. Then Dak comes back and they're like, oh shit, what do we do? The NFC's wide open. So then they then they start this love affair with Odell Beckham Jr. And they talk to him for two months because everyone knew this Cowboys team needs another offensive downfield threat other than CeeDee Lamb. So they talk to Odell Beckham for like two months. He's not healthy enough to play. They don't sign him. They end up signing T.Y. Hilton. They come into the they come into the playoffs. They win a playoff game. They're making they're making moves in the right direction. Everything's going well. I mean, before the playoffs started, I think most people would have said, "Yeah, the Cowboys are probably about the third best team in the NFC behind San Francisco, behind Philadelphia." I think as the playoffs went ahead and laid out, we found out the Cowboys are the third best team in the NFC behind San Francisco and behind Philadelphia. And personally, I would keep Mike McCarthy. I think he's doing a good job. It seems like despite what the Jones family is is setting him up with, he's having success. They continue to make progress. They kept Dan Quinn. He's coming back. Honestly, I think they just need to get a better receiver for Dak. If that was Brandon Cooks, they could have had him at midseason. They were talking with him about getting about getting him, but the Bears messed up the whole trade market, throwing a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. And we know he's not worth that. So, I mean, I think that the Cowboys are pretty close. I mean, I would honestly bring everyone back. It sucks that Tony Pollard got hurt. Once he got hurt, the whole direction of that game changed. They had nobody else that they could go ahead and 
really get the ball to to go ahead and make plays. It was CeeDee Lamb and nobody else. The Niners figured that out, and it just stinks, man. The Cowboys could have won that game. Just didn't work out, man. And that's why I asked the question is honestly, I've I've pondered this all week yeah. myself of what what was missing from that Cowboys team? Because it wasn't just like strikingly obvious because I'm I'm not going to be one of those people that it was it was Dak's fault. It was Dak. Dak's the reason we lost this game. And this goes all the way back to like Tony Romo. Tony Romo's the reason we lost this game. It's like, no. That was not the reason you lost that game. You have to almost um, account for just your QB is going to turn it over. To Tony's point, nobody brought that criticism to Josh Allen that they brought to Dak Prescott this week. Um, and so, yeah, I've been pondering it all week. Of I like this team is close, and mm-hmm. they have an amazing defense. They have the QB that they need to have in the league right now. Um, they have a good running back in Tony Pollard. And so, yeah, it's, I guess it is receiving, but to me, that seems like almost like a, a simple answer to just bring, oh, we need to bring in a receiver that's going to get double coverage and essentially take the, the, the stress off of some of our other receiving core. Uh, and, and so I don't know if it's that simple, but at the same time, like you guys are close. So yeah. Nick, what what were your thoughts on this Cowboys team? I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying because on paper, this this team is one of the best in the NFL. It's just because I don't know what they're going to be able to do next year because that Pollard injury is big because I don't know what the time frame of the injury is. Plus, he was set to hit Three free months. agency. Were you going to be able to keep both of them? So going out and looking for a receiver, it might just open up another hole. I hear you on that. It's I tough agree because that game was so close. Like mm-hmm. that's why, like it was a winnable game. Yeah. That makes it so difficult. But I mean, the same time, I mean, okay, take away Patrick Mahomes. I mean, do you think really like Joe Burrow would have success in that Cowboys offense with only CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz? I mean, we're talking about Dalton Schultz here. I can tell you Jalen Hurts wouldn't have success with those weapons. I know for sure Brock Purdy wouldn't have success with those weapons. So, I mean, it, it's literally just the weapons. And, like, like Josh Allen, like you said, like if Stefan Diggs wasn't getting open, like he had no one to throw it to. They even brought Cole Beasley back off the street because mm-hmm. they were so desperate for the Bills. I mean, it's just the weapons thing. Like, talk about a quarterback salary all you want, but, I mean, it's, it's literally just the weapons and, like, Look who's left. Those teams have ridiculous weapons like we've all talked about. I think if we're going to just like if we walk away from this conversation with a simple here's what went wrong. I think Tony nailed it of they didn't replace Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. I think that's if you want to go with a simple answer of what happened in the Cowboys season there's your answer. If you want to go for a simple answer of why they probably lost this game against the Niners, me personally, I'm going to say it's because Tony Pollard got injured. I think that was the difference maker. And a lot of people seem to be overlooking that um, because Tony Pollard was great for the Cowboys this year. Yeah. So the last few years he has been. Yeah. Um, I think also the Cowboys, they, they need to move on from Zeke. Tony Pollard's the guy. Zeke. I don't know if they're going to even keep him. They might move on from Tony Pollard too. Yeah, and I maybe maybe use him in a trade. Well, get some more receivers. Find help. a goddamn replacement for him, though. If you do get rid of him, that's. I <laughs> that mean, you, you, you got to have Cedric Wilson back, probably. <laughs> you guys didn't use him. You just they they need weapons for that Cowboys offense, plain and simple. So we'll move on from that. Um, one last thing on the Cowboys since we got Tony here. Um, I mean, should Mike McCarthy be fired? No, keep that. Let that man. He's building something there. They're making progress every season. I said, let keep him there for at least one more year. All right. Signs to me indicate that um, Dan Quinn has gotten the wink, wink, nod, nod of. When okay. shit goes awry here, you're the you're the next man up, 
I could see it. So I, I truly think that he's gotten, he's gotten kind of that wink, wink nod from Jerry Jones, and that's why he's, he's staying. So mm-hmm. we'll see. see but I, Tony's point, like Dan Quinn's been amazing for that team, especially this season, and so excited to see him and Micah Parsons again. We'll move on. Um, so Chiefs game. Chiefs Jags. Chiefs haters lost their goddamn minds during this game, basically saying the NFL was rigged. And I'll say it pretty cl- pretty plainly, the NFL's not rigged. There's just there's too many variables in that league for it to ever be rigged. Like maybe like I could say it, maybe people are pushing on the scales a little bit in certain regards. Our friend Joe McQuiston said that a little bit in the post game this week as well. Although I'm not going to go as far as he did of saying like Patrick Mahomes is doing meth and <laughs> the NFL is rigged to the point of WWE. But yeah, like what, are, what were your thoughts on that game? Because that seemed to just that the conspiracy people conspiracy theory people came out in full force after that game i'll start with you nick patrick mahomes an injured patrick mahomes (laughs) is better than half the quarterbacks in the nfl he might still be a top 10 quarterback as injured so as far as the nfl being rigged i mean there were some times that i was starting to think that but tom brady's out of the playoffs so it Bills lost. I Bills mean, lost out of yes. the playoffs. Rogers didn't yeah. make it in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite something. And, and it's almost like people forgot that like it's the Chiefs versus the Jags. It's yeah, not like this was like Chiefs Bills or Chiefs Bengals or something like that. Like mm-hmm. one team was pretty heavily favored in this game. Tony, do you have any final thoughts on? the NFL's rigged or not. <laughs> it's rigged in favor of Chad Henney going 98 <laughs> yards on that defense. If you want, I bet on the Jags. I, I want this to be true. I want it to be rigged. They give him a 98-yard drive in the playoffs to Chad Henney. You don't mm-hmm. deserve to win if you give up a 98-yard drive to a backup quarterback. No, I saw him start for three years. I never saw him do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like that was by far the longest drive of Chad Henney's career. Yes, Andy Reid clearly le- working some magic there in KC. Patrick Mahomes, system QB. <laughs> so, um, I wouldn't go that far. That <laughs> put him on the same level as Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> um, Giants got absolutely smoked in their game i certainly didn't predict this i figured them playing a divisional opponent for the third time this game would be relatively close it was not it was Mm -hmm. basically i was watching tcu again versus georgia yeah (laughs) any thoughts on that giants game they're gonna pay um daniel jones a lot of money and i good luck with that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, pay they'll, they'll pay him, and they won't be able to afford Saquon Barkley. Yep, yep, pay him. So they basically got to make their choice there. Yeah, That's right. Well, it could be like the Cowboys, though, and pay your running back instead of others. Damn it. So. Damn it. <laughs> um, all right, Joe Burrow did Joe Burrow things. Everybody mm-hmm. on the internet came to quickly out there of Joey Ice, Joey Burr, out there in the snow. Um. Bills fans were complaining that the white jerseys on the Bengals were basically camouflaged <laughs> in the the elements. Um, not sure about that. Didn't work out too well for the Bills. But um, is is Joe Burrow like is he the best QB in the league right now? Nick, I'll start with you. He's definitely top three. Top I, I three. Keep... Yeah. Top three. <laughs> He's definitely top three. Because I would I would still keep Mahomes up there, and I think what Jalen Hurts did in that game, I I thought that game would be a lot closer, with him missing all that time, only having the one week, and then having a bye. 
I thought it would affect him more, but I would put him up there as well. Joe, Joe Burrow, if he beats the Chiefs again this week, four in a row, I think I would have to agree with you. All right, we'll see. Tony? Close. I put him at two, but that game in Buffalo was over after like five minutes. Like literally the first mm-hmm. five minutes I watched that and I was like, yeah, this game's over. Cincinnati's winning. This this is exactly how the game was going in Cincinnati about six weeks ago before the DeMar Hamlin situation too. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, Buffalo, they got a lot of work to do on their offense and I mean, they, he just, Burrow inspires that confidence, man. Those backup offensive linemen were just, just blocking their brains out downfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they run the ball for over 100 yards after contact, it seemed like they were just dominant. They bullied the Bills in that game. Yeah. Um, plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. So, speaking on that, an autopsy report for the Buffalo Bills. All season, they were hyped as the favorite. They were the 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 Super Bowl team of destiny this year, pretty much. And in the beginning of the season, like we were just like, fuck, like they look like that, uh, the way that they're playing. And then not so much at the end of the year. Um, So let's do a little autopsy report on the Buffalo Bills. And I'll start with you, Nick. Like what happened this year with them? I mean, the Bills look like a great team when everything is going perfect. Anytime there's any kind of adversary, adversity, specifically the weather, they have issues. You saw it when they came down here in Miami, and now apparently they can't play in their own stadium snow. <laughs> so I think... He's been waiting all week to fucking get that shot in, folks. <laughs> I, I don't know. what I think losing Dable last year to the Giants has definitely affected them because Josh Allen wasn't the same. He had a lot more red zone turnovers and turnovers in general. There's no reason why even the week before the Dolphins should have been hanging with that team. I think they're just one of those good regular season teams, but it fits the Bills description. They've been that way since the 90s. All right, Tony, thoughts on the Bills? I would agree with a lot of what Nick's saying. Another thing is, like, they never figured out how to run the ball all year. They've Mm -hmm. tried to get so many running backs in there. They need to get someone that can give Josh Allen a break. Um, And I would say the other thing is, uh, Gabe Davis, pretty disappointing season. People really thought he was going to be a lot better than he was. He never really turned out to be, like, a a wide receiver, too, for that team. Pretty disappointing. I know people hate when I do it, but I'm going to do a Broncos comparison. This is the 2013 Broncos team of great in the regular season, amazing offense, but too much finesse. And then once they have to battle it out with teams in the trenches, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. Um, And that's exactly what the Bengals did to them is just grinded them out in the trenches. And so to Tony's point, like, I think they desperately need a running back. I think if Zeke Elliott's available this season, go on and fucking get him, Buffalo Bills. Like, you guys need just, to Tony's point, anything that can get pressure off of Josh Allen Mm -hmm. to the point where he's not constantly making those mistakes that he makes in games. So, yeah, I just I think they're they're too much of a finesse team. We've seen it in years past with those teams that can come out and score a lot of points and then they get to the playoffs and they shit the bed, essentially, because it becomes ground and pound. It becomes a game in the trenches. And so that would be my autopsy report for the Bills of just too much finesse, not enough of just traditional football. Go out and get a running back. Um even if Von Miller was there, I think they still would have lost. Because I think got... so, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said that, oh, if Von Miller would have been in this game, it would have been a different game. I don't think it would have been a different game. No, I agree. I think that offensive line would have yeah. easily handled that as well. Um, so on the Bengals, Zach Taylor just doesn't seem to get any credit at all for the last couple of years, the way things have gone. Does he deserve coach of the year? Like just, and I'm talking about a collective effort of like last season, this season of 
and we've seen that happen in sports of just where people kind of take into account of like, oh yeah, you, like this is what you did at the end of last season. Here's what you did this season. I think he deserves coach of the year as it stands right now. Tony? I don't know if he deserves that. I think one of the most impressive things he did was find that Lou Anarumo defensive coordinator, because that guy seems to be the dude that just figures out how to lock down all of these quarterbacks and how to just shut them down in the second half. That's probably the most impressive thing he's done is to find that Lou Anarumo guy. I have no idea why he's not getting any head coaching interviews. He's one of the best assistants in football. He should be getting some interviews. Zach Taylor finding him, probably one of the best things Zach Taylor has done. That That's what I would say. I would say I can't give it to Zach Taylor because this guy probably has been, what, the first, maybe the second best defensive coordinator in football over the past two years if you're going to take D'Amico Ryans out of the equation. So, I mean, I can't give it all to Zach Taylor, but he did find this guy, so I will give him that credit. All right. Now I'd say, like, they're – They've been in the top two right there with the Niners the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons. So, Nick, your thoughts on Zach Taylor? I mean, yeah, he's done a phenomenal job over the last couple of years, and he should definitely be in the conversation with the likes of Doug Peterson and probably Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like, It seemed like last year he was kind of just an overlooked thing of like, oh, I, it's better to be more lucky than mm-hmm. good. But this year it's... Yeah. Another statistical point on the graph that shows like, hey, whatever Zach Taylor's doing over there in Cincinnati, it's it's working right now. Yeah, I think part of the reason I go against him is the fact that they were in the Super Bowl last year and they're coming back with basically the same team and they're, they were expected to do it again. Yeah, they had the, the early season struggles, but I agree with you. He should definitely be considered for it. We buried, like, personally on this show, yeah. we buried the Bengals at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah. And and an earlier iteration of this show, the previous season, we buried the Bengals as well early yeah. in the year. So that's two seasons in a row that, like, I've I've buried the Bengals, and they've come back, and they've proven, and we've talked about this over the last how many years of just – gotta get hot in december gotta get hot in december and that's exactly what they've done two years in a row and so now i think people are starting starting to finally listen to what the Bengals are putting out there so all right let's jump into the games last week tony went three and one i went two and two and nick <laughs> he had a magical week last week and now this week went yep. oh and four holy shit man <laughs> back to 500 like I was all year. <laughs> uh, hey, I've pretty much stuck at 500 for these playoffs as well. So, hey, I win like my dolphin season. I I oh, take pride in. I've gotten a lot of the the upsets. I know Nick has as well. So, take pride in that. But now we're here, conference championship weekend. Only two games this week. Four teams left. All right. Let's get into it. Like we've talked about in previous weeks, we usually make our picks earlier in the week. During the entirety of the playoffs, we have been making our picks live. We're going to continue to do so tonight. So, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, not being played at a neutral location. A rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. This spread has fluctuated a fuckton this week. to where the Chiefs <laughs> opened up as the favorite. Bengals became the favorite. Chiefs are now the favorite again. Now that we've gotten word that Patrick Mahomes is going to play, he is not on any injured list whatsoever at this moment. So he is what we can only deem as a 100% participant in this game. KC, favored by one. The time has come. Let's make our picks. I'm going to start on this one. This one's an easy one for me. Cincinnati Bengals. I think they go out there. It's going to be win number four in a row over the Chiefs. And yeah, I think they have Patrick Mahomes number. I will say I am going to bet on the Chiefs just to cover my bases, hedge my bet a little bit. That way, if 
the Bengals do lose, I still end up being a winner, but I think Bengals win outright this weekend. So let's jump to Nick Kerr. What's your pick on Bengals Chiefs? I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I like you said that the Bengals have had the Chiefs number in the last couple of years. And I think Patrick Mahomes knows that. I think he will come out and he won't let Joe Burrow beat him for a fourth time in a row. You mean he's not going to come out and play with his food like he usually does? <laughs> As Tony Colt refers to it, fucking with cats. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So that I have the Bengals. Nick has the Chiefs. Tony, you are officially the tiebreaker. One of us is going to be on a lonely island. Which of us is it going to be? I'm sorry, Nick. You're going to the lonely island. <laughs> That's fine. The Bengals. I do feel like the ankle injury will get played up whether he wins, whether he loses. I think that's probably what Joe was trying to go ahead and get across in the post game. feel like if he loses, it'll be like, oh, he's actually a lot more injured than he really was. And if he wins, it'll be like, oh, he played through this amazing ankle injury and then just and just showed out and got to another Super Bowl. I think the Bengals smell blood. I think Joe Burrow smells blood. And I think he's not he's not fucking around. And I think they're gonna go in there and they're gonna win decisively. All right. Nick, Lonely Island with the Chiefs, the favorite. That's actually uh, that's a pretty good island to be stuck on, I will say. Um, I mean it's a pick 'em game, so pretty much whoever wins this is going to win the spread. So mm-hmm. all right. We'll see what happens, gentlemen. It's either going to be Joey Burrow for the second time in the Super Bowl, being the Chiefs for the fourth time in a row, or it's going to be Patrick Mahomes in his third Super Bowl, vying for his second championship. All right, that brings us to the NFC, where we have the San Francisco 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have been a bane of our existence on this show throughout the season. We've tried to doubt them, and here they are, one game away from the Super Bowl. They are favored by two and a half points. I'm going to start with our NFC East correspondent, Mr. Tony Parlay. Who do you have, Niners versus Eagles? Went back and forth on this one. I think I had to pick the Eagles. I really want to pick the Niners, but the Eagles, I think because they're at home, I think it's just going to be too difficult of an environment for Brock Purdy. I think that they they win, and I think they even cover. I think it's going to be a field goal game. I think the Eagles win this. All right. Eagles fans, they're they're hyped for this game. I mean, even Noah's bleed tickets for this game going at about $800 right now, so... Yeah, they're ready for this game. I think they've honestly been primed for this game all fucking season. <laughs> and here they are. So, Nick, who do you got? Niners versus Eagles. I agree with everything Tony just said. I think the, the Eagles win this. I think this is where Brock Purdy loses his first game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, that means we're either going to have consensus or I'm going to be on a lonely island. All right, folks, my pick, because I have integrity. I've been saying it all season. I said it preseason. Niners were my pick for the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Niners were my pick to win it all this year. I'm sticking with it because, as I said, I have that integrity. I owe it to you fans. I'm going to be on a lonely island. I'm picking the San Francisco Niners in this game. Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl to face Joey Burrow. There's my prediction. All right, boys. That was... Also, I will say for just a little bit, um, the Bengals Chiefs, that um, Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, once played Chad Hetty, the the backup for the Chiefs, in a college bowl game. So... How, how far we've come since yep. then. I believe it was the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, that means we, we only got one more game left this season yeah. to predict. Um, we had a lot of filler this week with the coaching carousel and then some of the games last week. But here we are. Gentlemen, it's been great. So 
let's plug a few things here. So as we're wrapping up the NFL, as we said, we're going to do a Pro Bowl show next week where we're going to talk about some of the things that happened this season, some of our predictions, wrap up some of the storylines from the season before we get to Super Bowl week. And then Super Bowl week, we're going to have our Super Bowl mega show. So join us for that. Most likely have Joe and Josh as well in some form or fashion doing that show. Try and make it fun, have some different things as well. And then once football ends, we invite you all to join us for the NBA, NBA All-Star Weekend. That's when our NBA show returns. Um, I believe the, the show is called We're Talking About Practice Number 5. Just having a little fun with all the podcasts and shows out there, but we're talking about pro- we're talking about practice number five starts in February All Star Weekend. We're going to do that show monthly and carry it on to the finals. In terms of sports buds in general, check out our podcast on Spotify and Apple right now. We're doing an audio component as well. Then check us out on social media at the Sports Buds on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget the because we're the Sports Buds. Then also. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us right now, hit that fucking subscribe button. Do it right now. And then you'll always be alerted to all our new shows, including the NBA, the NFL, whatever the hell we want to talk about. Whether Joe talks about wrestling, I talk about NASCAR, might even do some baseball this summer. Who knows? But check us out. It's been a great NFL season. Before we leave, final thoughts. Nick, any final thoughts before we go? I hope you were right that last last week was the dud and we have a great uh two great games. I think so. I think that Bengals Chiefs game will be the game of the weekend. Like it just it has to be at this point. Um so Tony, final thoughts. I actually think Niners Eagles is gonna be the game of the weekend, man. Ooh. I'm looking forward to those offensive and defensive lines facing off in the trenches. Like those those <laughs> Man, those teams' defensive and offensive lines are going to go at it. All right. All right. All right. That's been the Sports Buds. I've been your host, Chris Billings, for Nick Kerr and Tony Reyes. We're signing off. Eagles, you're still a phony team. Good night.